Warning, this show contains upsetting topics and is not suitable for most listeners. Trust me, I find it upsetting and it's my life. We'll also talk about the marijuana and make inappropriate jokes, probably due to the marijuana. So if that's a problem for you, that sucks and you won't be interested in listening any further. Plus, I say words a lot like, fuck. So welcome back to Dead Drunk Uncle. I'm Steph. I am trying to record in a closed room that's more quiet, so hopefully we can improve the sound a little bit. I was going to add a co-host today so I could have someone kind of help me out a little with clarity because I feel like it's probably a good idea for me to have someone jump in and ask questions um, and have me clarify stuff. But unfortunately, that didn't work out yet. So we are working for that in the future, and I think that that will be a big help. In the meantime, if you have any questions for the podcast, um, I have an Instagram that's uh, dead drunk uncle, all one word. Um, and also, of course, I'm doing a podcast on Anchor, and you should be able to contact me through there. So please, ask questions and stuff. <clears throat> when last we met, we got we left off at the point where my uncle had died. I found out that he was a pedophile and got to the only logical conclusion that he could have been a killer. Why, yes, I'm watching only murders in the building. Why do you ask? Now, with the benefit of hindsight, I can see that things that I may have found a little odd or something, I see now as giant red flags. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop moving around. I'm making so much noise. Okay. Okay. Stop being high stuff. Just read. Okay. So I see things as giant red flags now that before were just kind of like, but then again, now I see everything as a red flag. So, I lost. I keep losing my place in a script. So much for keeping myself on task. So he served in Vietnam, but he wouldn't talk about it at all, period. In the time that I was helping him, I would ask him about his health issues, or they would ask in the ER, and he would literally refuse to answer why he'd ever gone to the VA, um, go to the hospital, any doctors, any health issues. He wouldn't talk about any of it. So I just kind of, sorry, I try to move things and realize I'm not going to make noise. So I thought maybe it had something to do with Vietnam since he didn't want to talk about that either. When I talked to his buddies, they kind of said the same thing and that he kept to himself. I kept hearing that from so many people, but I didn't understand and I still don't how so many people can be around to know that he kept to himself. So anyway, no one knows his knows about his experience in the war, not even his brother. I'm realizing how weird some of this stuff is that we just accept as normal in our families, right? Because like I have other aunts and uncles and I remember, you know, feeling close with them growing up and seeing them regularly and knowing things about their lives. But then there's this uncle who I think just showed up briefly to family gatherings no babysitting or stopping by to hang out or going to school functions or anything. I don't remember being bothered by that either. It's just how it was with him. 
And I did have another uncle that I never saw, but that was, I guess, just because he had lived so far away. So that didn't seem weird either. I don't When you're a kid, it's like, you accept stuff, you don't really think it's weird, right? And he definitely had rage. I keep saying and, like it's a continuation of something I was just talking about. My uncle definitely had rage. I'm not sure who all I know that has experienced it. I'm not sure anyone else in my family has experienced it. We're gonna have to stop this segment. Okay, starting a new segment. Hopefully the dogs will be quiet. <laughs> my uncle definitely had rage. I'm not sure who all else that I know that's experienced it. And I'm not sure that anyone else in my family has experienced it. One story that he told me himself was that he got kicked out of the DMV when he went off on them because they wouldn't give him a license because he couldn't fucking see. The man was going blind. I, I'm pretty sure he was completely blind in one eye. Uh, and I'm not sure, you know, how bad it got before they refused to give him a license. Uh, but that made him angry that they wouldn't let him drive blind. And he, in his own description of it, he sounded like he really screamed and was terrible. And I told him when he told me this that I was pretty sure his getting kicked out was mostly due to his behavior. And he chuckled. Not an evil thing, just like, huh, you're probably right, you know. But I've also heard his rage on the phone. One time when I called him to check on him, he picked up the phone and said something like, Who the fuck is this? What the fuck do you want? Okay, that makes me laugh reading it like that but I mean I was trying to give you the feeling that he gave when he said it his voice was dripping with hate I remember sitting there on my couch just shocked thinking clearly he's joking or something I tried to talk to him but he just hung up I told my IT guy what happened that's my husband and he of course said oh he just didn't know who it was on the phone of course that made sense, but I remember just feeling so freaked out by it and thinking it was silly, but that it was just chilling to me in that moment. After he hung up, I called right back and he was just like, hello, all cheerfully. I was like, hey, you just cussed me out and hung up on me. And he was like, I did? And he sounded genuinely confused. I understand it's really a waste of time to try to understand the thoughts of someone so far gone with alcohol like that. I really do get it. But this was just something that stuck with me because I heard an example of this rage. Also, after he died, but before his house was sold, there was this dude who was going over to his house and like wandering around out in the yard in the fields back there. The neighbors told me about it. And they let me know that this guy owns one of the fields out there. And when my uncle was alive and this guy used to wander around, apparently my uncle threatened to shoot him and the dude stopped. But I guess once he heard that uncle was dead, he figured it was okay to wander around the fields again. Okay. <laughs> my uncle had an extensive, an extensive cache of firearms. I mean, yikes. I know nothing about guns, but my IT guy is a gun enthusiast. 
I call my husband my IT guy. So, okay. He was definitely impressed with Didu's collection. There were guns he built and modified. There were guns hanging on the walls, in the gun case. I don't even own a gun, let alone enough guns to necessitate an entire wreck. You're welcome for that Easter egg. There were guns in drawers, in cabinets, in cases. At least one was loaded that this alcoholic, elderly, blind man readily had available at his bedside. I also remember seeing some weirdo kind of pamphlet about how to build a, a silencer. I remember it specifically because it reminded me of those creepy religion comic book things that some kind of churches pass out and leave on your door. Those things fucking terrify me. I don't know why, but I find them so disturbing. I guess because it's just like a weird underground propaganda thing that creeps me out. Weird. Uh, his friends told me stories about how he built a gun and then he set it up in a vice and like rigged it up to his truck so that he could safely try to fire it and see if it worked. And it did work. This is how I know I don't belong where I live because I find that like really weird and scary and everyone else thinks that's like really cool. Hmm. Another cool thing I don't get is the pipe bombs. Without getting too specific, and that's just simply because I'm trying to respect, respect privacy, uh, I don't think anyone else that I've mentioned in a story probably wants to have anything to do with it which is why I'm leaving it extremely vague and not mentioning who the people are <clears throat> so anyway so I was informed by a person who was not law enforcement that there were pipe bombs found in the house as they were preparing for the sale of his personal property that makes it sound like I'm trying to hide something and it it's just, I don't want to tell you who, who these people are because I don't want them to be identifiable. That's all. Anyways, um, so this person who found them picked them up and labeled them with a post-it note, pipe bomb. Let that sink in. This is my fucking life, folks. <laughs> oh, God, I'm glad I get high. Okay. So it's not technically my business, but clearly no one is addressing it. And the house at that point belonged to me. Well, I mean, not solely me, but you know, me and my sister. Uh, my understanding is that the lawyer um, involved in the estate was told about it, but I guess they weren't doing anything about it. I mean, I don't know, because I don't think that lawyer is allowed to talk to me directly because I have my own lawyer or something weird. But my lawyer hasn't answered me in a while either. Okay, I need to get back to the script. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So it didn't look to me like anyone was really doing anything about this bomb. So of course I took it upon myself to handle things. Not literally handle, however, because fucking duh. So I went to the sheriff's department or like office or whatever. I explained that I own this house and there's a pipe bomb in it and I don't like that. 
So they said they would contact the bomb squad at the nearest sort of like bigger city. And in the meantime, the deputies would meet me um, out at the house and I guess wait for the bomb squad. So I drive over to the house, I parked in the driveway, I'm standing outside of the car waiting for them. I see them pull up and go just past the house. And then they back up and pull into the wrong driveway, the one before my house. They literally drove past me, backed up to the house before me, and pulled in. That made me not super excited about how well they were going to handle the bomb in my house. So I flag them over and they pull up to the correct bomb house. I unlock the bomb house and they have me stand down the driveway and give me a statement to fill out. I mean, like, I don't know, I wrote it like that. You know, they give me a paper for a statement. <laughs> okay. I remember the deputy asking me why this bomb was there. Who was my uncle after? Who would have been the target? I explained to him that Dido was just nuts after drinking so much for so long, I guess. I can't stop every time the dog barks. I'm so sorry. But looking back, I wonder about it. Because the place where the bombs were found was a specific location Dedu had showed me where he had some of these financial papers and such that I would need after he was gone. I don't actually truly believe that he intended to hurt me. I was told that the bombs were loaded, whatever that means, but didn't have a level, like a, a trip or something, you know, to make it like go off like a booby trap per se. But what the actual fucking fuck? Anyway. <laughs> He either didn't give a fuck to keep me out of danger, or he wanted me to be in danger. <laughs> so, I mean, that hurts my fucking feelings. So, after I gave my statement, they said I could leave if I didn't want to hang out and wait for the bomb squad. I did not want to wait for the bomb squad. I wanted to go home and get really fucking high and take a nap. Plus, it was like 300 degrees outside with all the humidity, and it's surprising how exhausting it is to be so, like, highly stressed and, like, that high alert, you know? Plus, all of that physiology ties into my chronic illness, and it just really messes me up. And as a side note, I just always feel the need to explain why I need to rest and shit more than what I think most people do. So, like, I'll start working on not apologizing for it. Okay. Apparently, this bomb thing had the local Facebook gawkers all abuzz. And now I didn't type this in here, but I guess I need to tell you what happened with the bombs then. I mean, the bomb squad, like, I guess they detonated one of them. There were three. I think they detonated one, like, out in the yard there. I mean, it's out in the country, but it's not like these houses are miles apart, you know? Like, I think the house sat on, like, a one anchor. Acre? And... It didn't seem like it was even an acre to me, but that's what it said. But, you know, and then the houses, there's houses on either side. Like, that's just weird. I'm sure that's the bomb squad. They know more about bombs than I do, so I need to not criticize them. <laughs> but, and they cannot criticize me about a podcast, I guess. Let's just stay in our own lanes. Why am I starting a fight with someone? 
this is why I can't go off script. <clears throat> so they did detonate, um, like one of them, and then they took the others with them, like to train bomb people for bomb squad training. I mean, the bottom line is, I guess they were they were handled by the authorities, literally and phys figuratively, and they're not mine anymore. And it, you know, it's it's good. Okay, they they took care of it. Okay, so then I think it was the next day, my dogs won't stop barking, I love them, so let's leave that, let's pretend like it's not because I just don't really understand how to edit this, <laughs> okay, so then uh, the next day I get a call, and I think I reckon, because like I never answer the phone, so I'm like, why did I answer it, I think I recognize the name as one of the officers that I'd spoken to the day before, because it was one of the officers, so I think that's why I answered. And I need to tell you, I was exceptionally stoned when the phone rang. But I was sure that I needed to hear whatever this dude was calling to tell me. Nope. He let me know that he asked his supervisor, or boss, or whatever, and he was told it was okay. And could he please buy those guns that the estate couldn't sell? because it's illegal to sell those particular guns because of modifications and the one that he built. I tell you all this to describe this moment. I was just like, I was sitting on my couch, stoned, on the phone with law enforcement, who was asking me to buy an illegal gun from me that I don't know if I own. Can you fucking imagine? How the fuck did this become my life? I just started helping a family member in need. And this is what's happening now. Why? Okay, end scene. <laughs> this is I'm this is really helping me process my feelings, honestly, and I'm having a lot of fun with it, so let's get back to the script before I just start mind wandering. So oh god, this is where it gets terrible. Hit your pen now, kids. And now we can proceed. The next week was when we went back to the sheriff's place or office, whatever, to turn in the flash drive and the computer after we found that it contained disturbing content involving children. After that, it just felt like a whole new trauma. And I found out right before the memorial celebration that I had set up for him. And I already had it set up. <laughs> Because of COVID, we couldn't have a service until um, after, or we didn't have a service until after the vaccine was widely distributed. We had to keep everyone safe and keep, okay, I'm not gonna go off about it, okay. So I set up the luncheon thing and the military honors before we had the flash drive. And I let the turd family, that's how I'll refer to, um, the heiresses, I guess. The turd family. It's the two sisters and the turd mom. So I let the turd family know when it was and everything. The lead turd sister couldn't make it on the day that I had ended up using. Darn. In the meantime, I got vaccinated and was okay to travel, so I went to visit my sister. While I'm visiting my sister, 
I get a call from a facility holding the luncheon. The woman that I had spoken to to set up this memorial thing was calling because she had just talked to, I'm going to say, so-and-so, so that nobody's identifiable. And she was confused because they told her they thought it was the 13th or whatever, but it was actually on the 27th. I don't know if those are the right numbers, but anyways. So I'm like, no, that's not what we discussed. And I have a notebook where I keep notes, <laughs> phone calls. Like, this is absolutely not the day we decided on. But she says that it is. And the original date that we had agreed on is actually now unavailable. And you know what? Now the lead turd sister on this new date can make it after all. Can you imagine having the audacity to hatch a plan to move the date of a memorial service? Really? Now you may think I'm paranoid, but let me let me remind you, this woman contacted me in the first place via the funeral home. And I I don't either she knew where which funeral home I was going with or she just called every funeral home to find out and then leave a message for me. Either way, fucking weird. Also, I got a phone call from her Five minutes, af not even five minutes, after I paid for the burial plot so that she could call and ask me when the service was going to be. Okay, that's weird. Now, did I mention? I didn't. The employee who did the transaction for the burial plot is a friend of the Turd family. As a matter of fact, I knew who she was because her name was listed on that original will that the lead Turd daughter had. That was the whole reason that the turd mom contacted me to make sure that I could get the will from her daughter so she could get her shit. Okay, so this fucking turd woman, just she just knew every step I took. And I'm like, I'm trying to act like, okay, this is ridiculous. There's no reason this woman is following every step I take. But like, it keeps happening. Okay, anyway... So now I have to celebrate his life because we set up this party and meet the turd sisters in person and see their turd mother and all their other fucking turd family turds. I'd been in contact with the turd family and I had been as kind as possible to them in our text exchanges. I mean, I know I wasn't like, hey girl, like I wasn't like that, but I just, just matter of fact, just state what you need to state and get on with it. So, I mean, because as you, I had to text them to tell them that they needed to contact the bank to get their money. So, that fucking killed my soul, okay? <laughs> my grandparents never knew these turds, and it still makes me sick, and it, it triggers rage in me. Ugh. My grandparents were my heroes, and I couldn't protect them from their own son. And it feels really icky while I sit here with that, and I hate this feeling and that's kind of why I'm pausing to feel it because it's okay to feel your feelings that's what they're there for to let you know what's going on and I'm still okay even though I'm feeling that bad feeling I had to start a new segment because I said something so foul that even I was grossed out by it. <laughs> so, 
you're welcome that I'm gonna make sure I find out how to edit so I can cut a section off of there but anyways <laughs> so my grandparents loved me a lot <laughs> so in addition to the posters that I had made um, for the displays you know at the memorial I decided to get some more like cards to pass out with pictures so I got mostly pictures of grandma and grandpa on those so that we could have them if these turds are taking their money they should at least know what grandma and grandpa looked like they did not appear to notice so with all the tension going into this party, I brought a fat little joint with me and took a few smoke breaks and I drank a beer. And I think at one point I held my mom's hand, which is actually kind of sweet. And I need to remember that she supports me and I got through it just fine. I was exhausted when we left that day. I'm exhausted writing about it and I can add to the script. I'm exhausted talking about it, <laughs> but I'm okay. I'm okay. See, the thing with that service, though, before we found out that he was a monster, I was going to take my opportunity at the memorial to whip out a microphone and read those bitches like a goddamn real housewife at a reunion carrying props. You know, if you get it, you get it. But after we found out he was a monster, I decided it was definitely not worth it to confront him. He deserved whatever bad things he got in life for being a monster. So if they're going to scam someone, probably best that it's some monster and not say a lovely old couple who saved all their lives and worked really hard to make a better life for their family. <laughs> but I digress. <sighs> Finally, after the memorial thing, I couldn't take it anymore. And I texted the turd family and I really let them have it. I wished for them to pay off their judgments and bankruptcies and go legit with this windfall that my grandparents worked so hard to amass for them. Let's just say their tone changed after I let them know that I was on to them. But hey, at least they're completely out of my life and I never have to deal with their fucking turd-ass faces and their turd-ass family again. Now with all of this drama and anger, that I'm experiencing, I think it's really important that I remember that my family was there with me. And the rest of my family, the family, you know, that's still here, <laughs> um, is actually, you know, by marriage, from it's from the other side of my family. So they weren't actually, you know, like blood related to them. They just came to support me and support us. And my IT guy never left my side except for when I told him to. Me and my whole family sat at one or two tables in the front of the room. And the people who I had known through this whole chapter of my life with him came over and spoke to me and everything was okay. And the turds came over and that's when I held mom's hand. I just literally couldn't speak to them. I knew all I could say to them was a bunch of hateful shit. So I just like, I like stared at them blankly with like an attempt at a smile. <laughs> it had to look really funny actually. But I know they felt the weird energy, but I didn't exactly expect them to be insightful enough to understand that we're not morons who don't get what they did to have. I don't know why I wanted to make sure that they knew that I knew what they did, but I did. So, done. 
So at this point, the auction was over. They just did an online auction to sell off his personal property, like the contents of the home that weren't part of the, phone, the home. Like, it's over, so I don't have to worry about it. Cool. So finally, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But then I guess if that were the end, we wouldn't only be on episode two. So, I guess that is a good end for today, my friends. And again, thank you for listening and thank you for sharing. Thank you for allowing me to process this shit. I even feel guilty calling it trauma because, like, I feel like it's not my trauma because I didn't get, like, shot in the gut or something. <laughs> Guys, we got to do better with mental health. Okay. So that's the end of today's episode. I will be back hopefully with a co-host who can help um, add some more clarity and ask some questions. And again, just ask me questions too. And I will come back on the next episode and we will probably then start talking about what do I think he did. And if you have any thoughts, let me know. Thanks, everybody. Stay high. Bye.